welcome to Podcast for Wonderful, episode 57. This week we're going to be talking about How Was Your Week, number 200, featuring Chris... Oh, I don't know if I wrote that name right. Wait, did she just say Spooner Weird? Or is that... Did I write her down wrong? His last name is, his last name is Spooner, but she calls him Spoony. That's like his nickname. Okay. Well, it seemed like she kept saying Spooner. <laughs> Oh yeah, she she does talk like that. <laughs> okay, all right. She does so that a lot. Let me start over again. Here we go. Okay. Hello and welcome to Podcast for Wonderful, episode fifty-seven. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about how was your week, number two hundred, featuring Chris Spooner, Thomas Middleditch, and Julie Klausner. But first, we're going to be talking to my guest. Uh, you know this man as one of the great stand-up comedians in the world. He's a legend in stand-up comedy. He had two really great sitcoms on television uh, in the past, and he is still like winning Emmys to this day for his appearances on other uh, shows. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Bob Newhart. Bob, thank you so much for being on the show. Hello, people. It's so, nice Bob, to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh yes, of course. No, it's an honor. So yeah, it's weird to start with like the most recent, one of the most recent things first, but you finally won your first Emmy Award for your appearance on The Big Bang Theory. Uh, how did you feel about that? I kind of felt like it was about time. I'd been, I'd been on TV for almost 50 years at that point. Like they couldn't give me a friggin' Emmy earlier than 2013. <laughs> Bob, let's be serious for a second here. I mean, the Bob Newhart show and Newhart were pretty good shows, but they were not, you know, your three episode stint on Big Bang Theory. That was where well, the quality came in. I can't argue with that. They they were not my three episode stint on the Big Bang Theory. That's true. Did you get a, a bazinga in in any of those episodes? No, they don't let me do that. No, that's reserved for no. the stars. I said, all I want to say is Bazinga. I said, I want to go in there, say Bazinga, and leave. And they, they kind of misled me on what would happen. <laughs> well, that kind of makes sense, because if you just came in and said one word and left, then they can't get three episodes out of that. <laughs> you got you got ba on the first one, zing, and then guh. And when you put them all <laughs> together, people would be like, oh, my God, he said it. Yeah, like in the first episode, they see it. They, they see Bob Newhart come in and go, bah. And then people yeah. are like, what is going on? I don't get it. Exactly. And then the second one, zing. Oh, okay. Maybe I think I might know where this is going. <laughs> Within an episode three, it's like your mind is blown when you put it all together. Yeah, I'm telling you, these sitcoms these days have no sense of timing. Everything's got to be like joke, joke, joke. In my day, we spread it out a little more. We made people wait for it. So, yeah, you've been in the business for a really long time. And uh, you actually, with your first comedy album, you won both Best Album of the Year and Best New Artist Grammys uh, for Bob Newhart's Button Down Mind. That's crazy, a comedy album winning all those awards. Do you credit the great jokes for that, or uh, was there some kind of secret to your success? I think part of my secret was uh, there, w there was not as much stand-up comedy in the year 1960 as there is now. So there was definitely less competition and uh, not a great time for music either. So <laughs> let's give it to this guy. Okay. So it, it was just kind of like 
eh, what else are we going to do with this thing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they pretty much said as much when they gave it to me. They were like, well, here you go, I guess. That was kind of their attitude. <laughs> hey, take what you can get. Well, exactly. I mean, they didn't give me an Emmy until 50 years later, so I have respect for the Grammys for giving me my token award earlier on. Yeah, they got in on the Bob Newhart business early. Mm-hmm. They invested big. So you've had uh, two different TV shows with your name as the title. What is that like? Well, I've had three different TV shows. Well, I've had four different TV shows with my name as the title, Greggy. I had the Bob Newhart show, which was a variety show that did not last long because I should not be in charge of a variety show. (laughs) And then I had the regular Bob Newhart show, which is a sitcom that you love. And then I had Newhart. And then I had Bob in the 90s. So oh, okay. So you, you've had a bunch of them, actually. Uh, are you just bad yeah. at coming up with titles, or what's that about? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I don't know if you've ever tried. Well, you've got Podcasts Are Wonderful. That's that's a pretty good title. But if you had to come up with another title tomorrow, wouldn't you kind of be like, I already, I already took the good one. Now what? Yeah, I think I'd probably, my next one I'd probably call the Greggy Hochsteller Podcast. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. I get what's <laughs> going on now. And then if you had to have another one, maybe you would just call it Greggy. Yeah. And then if you had to have another one, maybe just Hoxtabler, you know? Yeah, or like Gruh. Yeah. Or just podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't know why nobody's done that yet. I don't know either. It just makes sense. So in uh, the Bob Newhart show, you were a psychologist, huh? Yeah. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> what would be a good name? I get, I get psychologists and psychiatrists confused, so sorry. Yeah, about like one can prescribe medicine and then one has the couch and I can never figure out which one is which. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely had the couch. Um, as okay. far as which one that is, I'm not totally sure. But I was so a it was like an unanimated uh, Dr. Katz then. Yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> much like an unanimated Dr. Katz. <laughs> and then you had an in in the, the new heart and just new heart in the 80s. And that's the one that I actually uh, saw a lot of. Yeah, that one's OK. That's an OK. <laughs> it's not your favorite of your work. Well, I, I it's favorite in terms of maybe making me the most money. That was nice. That would be my but, favorite, whichever one made me the most money. Yeah. So in that in that sense, I have great memories of Newhart. Great memories of all the money that I made. And then you've been in uh, some different movies. Like I remember, you were the Papa Elf in Elf. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is I Will was. Ferrell like? He's very big. I don't know if you've seen that, but. He's very, very large. You can see him compared to me. <laughs> I thought they were doing some kind of movie magic with that, like making him. No, no. The huh. magic is how how large he is. That's some magic of his own. Or like in every other movie where they, they shrink him down relative to the other actors. Yeah, yeah. And the other. So. Elf is a little confusing because you see him compared to me and you can see how large he really is. And then you see him with like uh, Zoe Deschanel and you're like, oh, he seems like a normal size. But that's all camera angles and tricks. 
So it's like in uh, the Lord of the Rings movies where they had a weird table set up. I don't know. You've, you've probably never seen these behind the screen photos, but I'm kind of a nerd, I'd have to say, uh, to make it seem as though Gandalf is much larger than Elijah Wood and uh, the other hobbits. They, they set up all these weird uh, tables and stuff like that. And so I guess they just did that for the whole movie of Elf. Well, it was kind of the opposite of that, that instead of trying to make him look larger than everybody else, they're trying to make him look the same size as everybody else. But yeah, there were a lot of tables involved. We'll see what it was. <laughs> yeah, I really caught up. I'm stuck on the table. I can't help it. <laughs> the freaking table. I saw it once and it just blew my mind. You got it. I, I thought for sure. Have you made movies before? Have you done this before? No, I actually never have. Wow. I thought for sure you had experience this you seem to know a lot about it well i watched a lot of dvd extras oh same thing yeah so you are a great stand-up comedian uh thank you do you still do you still do stand up or have you given yeah. up that no 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 uh, stand up is kind of my my main thing that i do now um you know i don't do a whole tour like maybe i did when i was younger but i'll do a few dates here and there it definitely gets harder. I am, well, we're probably, we're probably about the same age, right? How old are you? <laughs> uh, I think I said I was 64 one time. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm 86, so I'm, I'm a few years older than you, but uh, you, you know what it's like when you get older. It's hard to do the physical work that you did early on in your career. Hard to stand up for so long. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, if you took a chair out on stage, then you couldn't call it stand-up anymore. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is you have to keep standing. Whatever else you do doesn't really matter, but you, you do have to keep standing. <laughs> yeah. If you ever sit down during your whole set, then the club owner or whatever gets to take all the money back. Yes. It's surprising that they've never talked about that, like on your WTFs and you make it weirds and all these shows where they like to get into the ins and outs of stand up. I think for those young guys, they don't even really think about it. They're just like, Oh, standing, no big deal. I could stand all day. I stand for an hour and a half of my set and that's nothing for me. It's like, Oh, every, every time I do it, am I going to make it or not? I don't know. That's what keeps it exciting too, I guess. So are you still writing material or are you doing like, (laughs) <laughs> are you still bringing out uh, the button-down mine? <laughs> I do some of that material. I try to update a little bit, but it's hard because um, I. Uh, well, I'm assuming you've heard my my albums before, right? Oh, of, yes. Uh, don't ask yeah. me to quote any, but <laughs> well, <laughs> especially uh, for I had a uh, stand-up comedy station i had set up on spotify and i would listen to that and you would pop up a lot doing like uh your phone calls and stuff like that and that was really exactly exactly so i do i did i used to do all these funny phone calls but now my my grandkids told me nobody talks on the phone anymore and you got a text so i'm trying to take all of these routines that i did and translate them to one-sided text instead of (laughs) one-sided conversations (laughs) It's been really difficult. Oh to no! Do that. 
I mean, first of all, there's just the fact that if you're texting somebody, you're going to see both sides of the conversation. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and then there's the fact that I'm trying to do this out loud on stage. So what am I supposed to do? Look like I'm scrolling through my texts? I don't know. It's been rough. <laughs> well, I think a lot of stand-ups do uh, just get out their phones and look at that for their set list and stuff. <laughs> so I think you're probably okay. Okay, maybe I should start doing that, I guess. You should check out some of these uh, funny text websites they have on the internet. Like there's this one where this guy is texting with his dog. And that is so funny because dogs can't text their dogs. They can't even talk. <laughs> Do you think but the that dog that gets be... into all kinds of stuff and he doesn't understand like human stuff because he's a dog. Do you think that would work as a, as a one-sided text conversation? Like should I just be the dog or should I just be the owner on that? That's a good question, because if you were the owner, that makes more sense, because a dog can't text, right? Yeah. So you don't have to come up with any of the stuff for that. But I don't think that would be funny, necessarily. Like, if you're just <laughs> responding to things a dog is doing, because that's kind of what happens every day anyway. Well, so I think I you mean, would have to be the dog in the... Yeah. I'm kind of known for being the straight man, though. So maybe I maybe I should just get up there and be like, What's this? A text from my dog? <laughs> but dogs can't text. How are you How are you doing this? Do you think that that would be good? I'm cracking up already. So, yes, <laughs> I think you've done it. Okay. Well, thanks, Greggy. Thank you for bringing me this idea. And then there's ones where, like, somebody sends the t a text to their mom that they meant to send to, like, their girlfriend or something. And it's a big misunderstanding and also very naughty. Oh, boy. That sounds like that's going to be tough for me to do one-sided. Right. If I'm the guy sending it. <laughs> well, I don't know. It could be pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just saying like, something. Uh, <laughs> especially. That's it. that's it. But if You I'm don't bring the, mom, the phone out. You just leave it in your pocket. But then, you know, <laughs> people hear the text go off or whatever. <laughs> So then you pull it out and then you react as though you've just received a disgusting text from one of your children. That I think that would get some big laughs. Okay. All right. And then I just say into the microphone, like, I think you meant to send this to your girlfriend. Is that, is that how it would go? Yes. And then you exaggeratedly type that into your phone to uh, send it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that could really work. So when you did those phone calls... Uh, was there actually somebody else on the other line actually saying the things that you were uh, making it sound as though people were saying? Or did you just have to do that by memory? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I, I started out with a with a partner and we would do both parts. And then he just kind of stopped showing up. So I had to do it by myself. Um, and that was pretty tough at first and eventually I figured out essentially what you're saying. Yeah. I, I got somebody to go on the other side, but the problem was that, uh, he, the other guy on the other side, he hadn't memorized the lines either. Oh so, no. Yeah. So sometimes he'd kind of go off script and that was, uh, it was rough. And then I heard you like traveled around the country, but your partner stayed in the same place. So you would, you would ring up, all kinds of really big uh, long distance charges, which were huge back in those days. Yeah, I would try to call him collect, but he caught on to that pretty fast. Oh, no. So eventually what I did was I just had him, I gave him a script and I had him 
record the lines. <laughs> I would, I would just have a tape recorder at the time, you know, it was before CDs and all the newfangled stuff you have now. And, uh, I would hit play on this tape. I'd have it mm-hmm. on stage. I'd have the, the volume turned down real low. So nobody out in the audience could hear what the tape recorder was saying. And I would just respond to that. Oh, that's really smart. That's a good idea. Thank you. I was pretty <laughs> proud when I figured that out. So did you ever figure out what happened to your straight man? He just disappeared? Yeah, he just kind of stopped showing up. I don't know. Never really got an answer on that. Um, <laughs> you know, I called him on the phone because that's how we communicated. That was our whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he did not answer, so there wasn't really much I could do beyond that. You were born in 1929. How cool was the De- Great Depression? That seemed pretty, like a good time to grow up. Yeah, I mean it was it was great for me. I was a baby, so yeah. So you got to like just kind of toddle your way through that. Exactly. I had a great time. There's a reason they called it the Great Depression. <laughs> Uh, you weren't around for that though, right? Nah, I, well, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense that I'm 64, <laughs> but a lot of times, uh, my guests remember that that was a thing that was said one time on one episode <laughs> and they bring it up. I guess everybody that comes on is a big fan of the show and has listened to every episode. Uh, well, Yeah. I think the whole world is a fan. <laughs> if only that were the case. <laughs> but that's very nice of you to say, Bob. I mean, everybody I know listens. Me and Don Rickles talk about the show all the time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He'd love to come on. I don't know if I can have that guy on the show. That's what he I He would think. hurt my he feelings. Can get a little, he can get rude. I don't think that you want that on the show. Yeah, because when I was a little kid... Uh, a lot of times what the big boys in the neighborhood would do is they would get on all their pads and uh, their skates and everything. And then they would hit me all down the street with their, uh, oh no, I can't think of the name of the, the hockey. Oh, well, well, it's a hockey stick. They would hit me with their hockey sticks and I was, okay, I'm going to say it. I was a literal hockey puck when I was a child. So if I had Don Rickles on the show calling me that. That would be like PTSD. I would I would flip out. I don't think you should be ashamed of where you come from. I think you should embrace that. Yeah, maybe so. <sighs> okay, Don. You can come on sometime. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, he's going to be so excited. So you've already done Big Bang Theory. Like, what's next? Is there any other big uh, sitcoms that you might want to get on? Well, I am on uh, this show, The Librarians. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. My kids actually like that show. Oh, well then, yeah. You should know that's that's the that's every actor's every comedian's ultimate goal is to be on The Librarians. So <laughs> I'm, I'm doing pretty well for myself. Can't really think yep, of anything. Yeah, it's else. awesome. Yeah, everybody wants to everybody. get on that USA Network. Oh yeah. Uh, have you seen? me on it i actually have like in passing i've never watched an episode okay this is mean to say to you <laughs> to your face i'm really sorry bob but i've never actually watched an episode but i've walked past and <sighs> I, I saw you and i went oh cool bob newhart is on that show 
or also uh, your co-star John Larroquette. I saw. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's on this show. I'm glad he's on television still. Yeah, he's definitely also on it, <laughs> and, and I know him from that. Yeah, and I think uh, Jane Curtin is also on that show. Jane, it's pretty Jane crazy Curtin the cast also. on this show. I should actually watch it sometime. It might be good. Olympia Dukakis. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> of course it's I mean, good. it might be good. <laughs> oh I just God. told you. We just discussed oh, how this is the pinnacle of television. I just said this is the only TV show worth being on, and you agreed with me. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> oh, man. You're a, you're a regular Don Rickles. <laughs> I am so sorry. I, I don't mean to be a regular Don Rickles. <laughs> Okay, well, then you've got The Librarian, and that's the best show to be on. So yeah. I might as well not ask about, like, future plans or anything because you're pretty much set, right? Yeah, I think, I think I'm think i good. As long as I keep letting me be on The Librarians, maybe I, maybe I <laughs> pop in on Big Bang once in a while. <laughs> just, you know, you just pop in once a year or so for that uh, Emmy Award. Yeah, well, I'm still trying to... That that three part bazinga. I'm still working on them for that. <laughs> you gotta That's you gotta pitch it to him again, and this time don't say like just let him know. You know, I'll do my buzz or whatever. I'll do my part of saying bazinga, but then I'll also stay around and do another scene if you need me to. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I've already compromised on that. I've already been on several episodes, so let me have my bazinga at this point. This is my only yes. this is my only concern with that is the first episode I I do of this of this three parter I go in there and I say buh and maybe that's maybe that's it for like for that season right mm-hmm. end of the year Emmy time you know they're gonna give me the Emmy for that of course they already gave me an Emmy for not saying <laughs> right right they're obviously gonna give it to me for this the the problem is. Part two, now I go in and I say, zing, what are they going to do? They give me another Emmy? I mean, you got to kind of ramp it up from there. And by the time I get to that guh, by the time you put it all together, buzzinga, I I don't think they're going to know how to award me at that point. I think that's when you get your Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. I thought at age 86, after having had several very successful television shows, that might be enough already, but... I guess that three-part bazinga is what's going to do it for me. <laughs> well, I mean, you deserve it no matter what, but, I mean, what else can they do? Isn't yeah, the Emmy already, I, like, made of gold I or something? What else can they do? <laughs> Maybe part one, regular Emmy, part two with the zing, then I get the lifetime achievement, and when I get to the gum, maybe they start a new award for me. Okay. <laughs> they give you the new heart for part three. Yeah, I think that would be, oh, that's a great name for it. <laughs> well, I can't think of any other names. <laughs> well, all right, Bob, was there anything else you wanted to talk to about before we get to uh, talking about the podcast? No, it seems like we really covered all of my career pretty in depth. I think it's good for the podcast now. Okay, guys, I fucked up. I admit it, okay? Jesus, get off my back. So Bob Newhart called me up 
and he did a really great impression of Miranda Fisher, and I know everybody wanted to hear her on the podcast, but instead I Bob Newhart tricked me into coming on the show. I can't help it, the guy's a master impressionist. He really tricked me. I thought that I was having Miranda Fisher on the show today, and then it turned out to be Bob Newhart at the last minute. So sue me. Don't actually sue me though, I have zero dollars. Now I have to, you know, try and talk Miranda Fisher into coming on the show. I gotta butter her up uh, when I thought I already had it in the bag. It's really annoying, but whatever. Uh, I'm doing a bad job of buttering her up right now, so I'm just gonna do a nice plug for it. Uh, Miranda Fisher is really great. She has a zine called Casting Couch, and you can find that at http colon forward slash forward slash casting couch zine, Z-I-N-E, dot store envy.com and store envy only has one e in it so it's s-t-o-r-e-n-v-y and i'm sure i put that in the description for the show and she has a great podcast called podcasting couch where you can hear all about all this great music you just search for podcasting couch and your podcasting client whatever you use itunes android i don't know anymore <laughs> i think i'm scott Hawkerman, right okay uh second thing is i was thinking about maybe doing a best of episode uh, where I, 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 it'll be kind of a full episode because uh, the plan is to get Alex to come in and uh, introduce each of the clips with me, and it's probably going to be a giant pain in the ass to actually put together. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a try. Maybe the last one of the year or the first one of next year, something like that. So if you have a favorite moment from the show, please let me know, either uh, in an email or on a comment on this episode, or it's at the, epi- the episode that you have the clip from that episode, maybe. You can leave a comment there. Okay, I have to edit that down somehow so it doesn't sound as awful as it does uh, to my brain right now. Anyway, so, I mean, I'm just saying, put it somewhere where there's like a, a paper trail, so to speak, so that uh, I don't lose them. If you don't know like the exact time codes, time codes would be amazing. That would be ideal. But if you don't know those, if you could just tell me the episode and whether it was in the guest or the interview segment or the uh, podcast discussion segment, that would be good. If nobody submits any, then it's going to be a short episode. Oh boy. So please actually do it and I will love you forever and you'll get lots of shout outs. Uh, Speaking of shout outs... I forgot to take a look and see if we got any iTunes reviews this week. So, if you did it, don't worry, you're getting your shout-out next week. If you didn't, what the fuck, dude? What's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. But, if you did do it, that would be good. That would be nice. I would give you a shout-out. Like, I'd be like, hey, this guy who's listening right now, or lady, whatever their name is on iTunes, they're so good. I love them. Top to bottom, they're the bee's knees and the crow's toes and the cat's hats and the dog's logs. Ooh, that's sick, dude. Fucked up, Greggy. Anyway, I would be saying all those things about you, but not the last one. And so you should do it. Uh, Rate and review the show on iTunes. Tell your best buddy Barlow about it. Do you have one of those? Um, if you don't, then give one of your best friends the new nickname Barlow, and then tell them about the podcast. And yeah, get me with your favorite moments from Podcast or Wonderful. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking now. Goodbye. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this really funny thing and then 
try and punch your dick all at the same time. Uh-huh. And I think that is what makes that, that particular show special. Yeah. And that why when another improvised Shakespeare troupe, before they get their cease and desist letter, you'll see and you'll be like, that's eh, not the who? same. The, the, From the, ours. The, the, we want that show to be the only... off-Broadway. No, it, it's, it's silly that an improv show can't have an intellectual property to it. it it's Wait, silly you're that suing it can't people that do improvise Shakespeare? We're not suing them. We're saying, hey, just so you know, like the premise of the show is... Really? Yeah, it has been patented. Have I you guys invented patented. that? It's not patented. It's like... It is? It's not patented. It's... I said it's not. It's like... Uh, I don't know what it is. You snap at me, snapping turtle. Well, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to morph it. I'm just razzing you. You're razzing me. So this week, Bob Newhart and I listened to How Is Your Week, episode 200, featuring Chris Spooner, Thomas Middleditch, and Julie Klausner. And uh, Bob... You let me know that you were a big fan of this podcast uh, before we, you know, when I asked you which one you would like to cover. So would you mind telling the folks, uh, maybe like, let them know what How Was Your Week is and uh, the format of the show a little bit? Sure. How Was Your Week is uh, a podcast and uh, the host is Julie Klausner. And every episode she starts with a monologue and then sometimes she interviews a guest and sometimes she interviews two guests like this time. Yeah. (laughs) Great job. Thank you so much. Do you think Howard Stern is right about podcasting? And I meant to, I meant to look up what Howard Stern has actually said about podcasting and I forgot to ever do that. So uh, please don't ask me for any clarification, (laughs) but, uh, what do you think? Just a straight yes or no. Do I think that Howard Stern is right about podcasting? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess that he is wrong about podcasting. Okay. Uh, I, I believe he's he is anti-podcasting. He thinks it's a, a waste of time and there's too many of them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. not like Not like radio shows. Right. Radio shows are really good and everybody listens to satellite radio. It's it's on everybody's car. Uh, People listen to it in their homes. Everybody loves satellite radio. And how did you feel about Letterman ending? I felt fine. I felt like it was probably his time. Towards the end, he did seem like he was kind of coasting a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think you got to know when to hang it up and maybe he didn't really know when to hang it up but he he hung it up eventually anyway so good for him yeah and it's hard i mean if you're getting paid and you've got a job you kind of want to keep doing it so i mean you might as well until eventually you're just uh you're falling asleep behind the desk you uh you get little uh insets for your glasses that make it look as though your eyes are open and just lean back, put your feet up. Is that what he was doing? <laughs> uh, I've got my sources inside the show. And they... That is smart. <laughs> or a lot of times what he would do is he'd say, eh, you take it, Paul. And then Paul Schaefer would have to do it. <laughs> he's not a comedian. He He's not very funny. <laughs> or also, I think he might be like some kind of alien or... Otherworldly being because he's he looks very weird <laughs> and uh, 
his questions never really made sense. Like you would ask celebrities, so your children, and they would say, yeah, my children, what about them? And you say, do you love your children? And then people would say, yeah, I mean, sure, they're pretty good. Also, he had long, long stretches where he wouldn't say anything. He would just, um, um, and then he would come up with like, uh, did you enjoy working on this movie that you did? And they'd say, yeah, I guess, whatever. I, in a lot of ways, I, I, I look to Paul Schaefer as my interviewing, uh, my guru. Do yeah, you, I, you haven't asked me if I if I like my children at all. Oh, true. Like, uh, I'm I'm still working up to that, like to his level. And also, I, I don't know if that thing that I said actually ever happened on the show. <laughs> How do you feel about people avoiding spoilers? Um, it seems pretty silly to me. I mean. The only shows really worth watching right now are The Librarian and The Big Bang Theory, and you don't really, <laughs> there's not a lot to spoil on those shows. You know what I mean? Well, you don't know because you're a, a big time star, but when you gather around the water cooler and everybody's coming up with all the best jokes from uh, The Big Bang the Theory librarians? And, oh. and The Librarians, yeah. And they're they're just quoting them, and you're cracking up. And then you go to watch the show, and it's not as good anymore because you already. I mean, you still laugh your whole freaking ass off, and you fall off your couch because it's so funny. But it's like, eh. But what? I would have had a heart attack if I hadn't heard it on <laughs> around the water cooler today. So I think I mean, a lot that of people sounds good. I don't have the heart attack. I don't think they should. <laughs> Well, if you've ever had one of these jobs where you gather around the water cooler and talk to people, um, uh, maybe dying of, of a heart attack from the librarian <laughs> or the Big Bang Theory would be preferable to that. Uh, so you're saying we're not, we're not killing enough people when we spoil TV shows for them. That's... Right. That's why you don't spoil TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you had to me, choose how I... to go, though, that would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If I died, if I died from laughing at a Big Bang Theory joke, I would I would die in a fit of joy. <laughs> right. Be one of the best men. Yeah. From so for me. It's a little bit it's a little bit different because I always know when you say spoiler, you know, I get those scripts way before anybody else is hearing those jokes. So as soon as I read them, I start telling them to people. Oh, no, Bob, that well, is they're so funny. <laughs> Man, you're spoiling way ahead of everybody else. I think maybe by the time they watch the show, they'll have forgotten a little bit. True. Have you ever had a dream Maybe about Robin Wright? Um, I've had. Have I ever had a dream about Robin Wright? I've had. I've had more than one dream about Robin Wright. What kind of dreams, Bob? <laughs> Let me hear uh, the I'm details. a married man, Greggy. You're a married man. I'm a married man, and I am very Catholic. So. <laughs> All right, all right. 
I just, uh, well, let me ask you this. What kind of dreams do you think I would have about her? Okay, in your dream, you have an affair with the first lady who is Robin Wright, and she's got very straight blonde hair. And then you, <laughs> you run your hands through this hair. <laughs> The hair's a big part of it for me. It's got to be <laughs> right. really straight. Yes, the straightness of the hair. No, this plays into the plot of your dream because you run your hands through this hair and it gets all messed up. And But then she has to go be in a, a press conference right afterwards. And everybody's like, why is your hair messed up? Did you have an affair with Bob Newhart? And then she confesses <laughs> yes to the whole press and then it's on the front page of every newspaper. And then the newspapers spin into view on the on the screen of your dream. And it says, Robin Wright. Well, what is her name on the show? No, it, it still says Robin Wright. Robin Wright <laughs> totally bones down on Bob Newhart. Extra, extra. So then what would happen uh, in the dream? Then you're in your mom's house and uh, you smell a, a pie baking in the oven. And then you go to get a piece of pie, but then the, the, the hallway is so long. It's like the length of a football field. And no matter how much you walk, you can't get to the end of the hallway. But then it's like somebody's chasing you, and then you can't move anymore. And then they catch up to you, and that's when you wake up. Am I right? Is that what your dreams are like? You're, you're, I don't want to confirm or deny, but I'll say you're, you're pretty close. Uh, you're a couple couple small details. I let me say this: the the pie is not just a pie. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but pretty pretty close. That was it's pretty good, Greggy. <laughs> Thanks. I'm I'm kind of a dream interpreter. I would say that dream means that you are having anxiety about. Uh, maybe you get fired from the librarians or the librarians gets canceled. What? <laughs> what? I think that's what the dream is about. It's just an anxiety thing. Why would why would librarians get canceled? It's the most popular and most successful and just plain out best show on television. True. I know, but it, dreams don't necessarily have to make sense. And, you know, maybe you get worried about something even though it, maybe the librarians just seems too good to be true to you. <laughs> that is true that's that's pretty insightful <laughs> so what would your cat say if it could talk i don't have a cat i just have um kids so i guess what would my kids say if they could talk is that a better <laughs> yeah what would your kids say if they could talk <laughs> and do you love your kids <laughs> i love some of my kids let's put it that way how many kids do you have I have four kids. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Well, I'm, I only I'm got Catholic. three. I could never yeah. have four kids. It's don't too you many. Feel like, don't you feel like once you get past one, it's hard to keep track of them? Oh, yeah. Like, I just call all my kids kid now. <laughs> uh, I've got two girls and a boy. And it's hard to even keep that aspect of things straight. I'm just, I just call them all kid. Yeah. So what would they say if they could talk? And can your kids not talk? Is that? <laughs> I mean, if they're, if they're talking, I'm not listening. I'll say that. Oh, okay. Uh, if they could talk, they'd probably. Well, they'd probably, probably just want to talk to... about the librarians with you. 
<laughs> I imagine so. I do. I do try. I do include them on my weekly texts where I spoil all the, all the plot points and all the jokes I'm going to be telling. So maybe they'd want to talk back about that. <laughs> I don't have cats either. I'm super allergic to anything with fur. So if I had a cat and it was talking to me, it'd say, "I'm going to kill you, Craigie." <laughs> And then I would, would die. want to kill you because it's mad at you for being allergic. Yes, because it knows that I'm allergic, but it still lives in my house. So if I had a cat, it would have to want me dead, I, I suppose. Oh, well, I guess I'm glad you don't have a cat then. Yeah, me too. <laughs> have you ever been in a musical? Um, I feel like probably, I probably have. <laughs> At some point you must have. <laughs> yeah, I've had a long career. It's not something that really stands out, but it seems like it must have happened at some point. Right. Um. Are you a good singer? <laughs> I'm a great singer. I think, I think so. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be a singer for a while. But I said, well, no. you had a Grammy. You could have. I mean, I know that's what happened. I said, I got the Grammy. They said best new artist. And I was like, OK, it sounds like you want to hear me sing then. But, <laughs> but everybody just showed up. Tell me a joke, Bob. Yeah, I'm trying to sing and they start laughing like that's not a joke. This song is a serious song. Have you been in a musical? Uh, no, I've, I've written a lot of musicals, but, uh, I'm not a great singer. I have to admit. So I just write the musicals for other people and then, uh, nobody ever actually makes them. So, uh, it's pretty sad. Oh, why don't, why don't you send it my way and maybe this could be my chance. That's a good idea because what I do is I write musical versions of all my favorite TV shows. Have you done any of my TV shows? Well, I did do one um, about uh, well, Daryl, Daryl and his other brother, Daryl or whoever on Newhart. Yeah, that wasn't I mean, I wasn't those guys. Right. So. I know. But I did. I wrote a musical about their life at home where they're all named Daryl and they all have uh, sort of a issues because of that and they get really confused even though uh you know they they've grown up together they should have some way of telling each other apart uh so that's a big plot point in the musical and then also once they get their magic powers because they find a wizard's hat uh from there it really takes off so who who am i in this i guess you would play one of the daryl brothers in this because um your character from New Heart doesn't actually appear in it. <laughs> like they go into uh, they go into the end because they're always going in there for whatever reason. I don't remember exactly because it's been a long time since I've seen the show. But we they, know, they came up with what's that? Up with a reason. You'll come right. up with a reason. It doesn't have to be that good. It's pretty <laughs> flimsy. They go in there to see you, but you're on the phone. Because I, I seem to remember you were on the phone a lot in that show. <laughs> anyway, so they talk to your wife, and then she sends them to uh, go get this hat that she saw in the back, in the back of the inn earlier. And uh, you had had a 
wizard stay at the at the end. Actually, the wizard uh, he casts a spell on you, and that's why the very last episode uh, it turned out everything was a dream. A wizard did it. Oh, that's why. Yes. Oh. Uh, I mean, not. I've been wondering about that for <laughs> 25 years. It seems like you would be the one that would know. I, you would think so. <laughs> I never knew. I don't know if that's actually the real reason. That's just in the fan fiction musical I wrote. <laughs> I mean, that makes as much sense as anything I came up with. <laughs> True. So, Bob, have you ever dreamed of having your own podcast? Have I ever dreamed a podcast? Have you ever dreamed of having your own podcast? Oh, yeah, I think about it. I think about it. Um, I am 86 years old. I'm not <laughs> great with technology. Although I did, I, I was a very early adopter of computers. But um, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm running out of names for things. So I don't True. know what I would call it. You can just call it like new or heart. Yeah. That's still available. <laughs> what if I what if I call it um Bob No, that doesn't work. No, I got nothing. <laughs> I think it would be, I'm just gonna pitch it to you. I think it would be great if you had a, a crank call for podcast. <laughs> Am I crank calling other people? I, I okay, I have two questions about this. <laughs> First one is Am I crank calling other people or are they crank calling me? I don't know how we would set it up so they're crank calling you. I guess we would have to we'd have to post your your phone number different places and and just put down like for a good time call this number and then hope people actually called and give you a hard time or like if there's like- websites where people talk about how they love to do crank calls then we could put your number there and then they could call you. Yeah, I feel like if you just put on the internet, like, crank call Bob Newhart at this phone number, I think people would call into that. I think you're right. That actually might be a pretty good podcast. <laughs> you just have to record all the car- calls you get. But Well, here's, okay, this brings me to my other question, which is, are is the podcast going to be both sides of, this phone, of these phone conversations or just me? That's the hard part because, of course your classic style is that you're the only one, excuse me, you're the only one that anyone hears. So it it would be a little bit weird if you could hear both sides. But then on the other hand, if well, I guess you could just go like, you know, I call you up and I'm like, Hey Bob, is your refrigerator running? And then you would say, what, why are you asking me if my refrigerator is running? You would just have to repeat everything that anybody ever said. Yeah. I guess I guess that could be funny if I just repeat their crank calls back to them. <laughs> yeah. What do I have Prince Albert in a can? Why would you ask me that? <laughs> oh, I should let him out. I see. Are you able to watch yourself act or listen to your own voice on recordings and stuff? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, okay. A lot of don't people you? have anxiety about that. They don't really love it. Oh, I love my voice. <laughs> I, and I love my, how I look. So to see myself on television, that's a win-win. Oh, well, that's good. 
Do you ever put on those old yeah. albums and just listen to them, listen to them over and over again? At my house, I usually have an album going in one room and then I have one of my shows going on loop in another room. So if I want to just listen to myself or if I want to listen to myself and watch myself, I have that option. And then if you want to listen to the album and also watch the TV show, you can like stand in the hallway and kind of hear both. Uh-huh. And usually I try to have a big mirror in the hallway so I can I can look myself <laughs> in the eyes while I do that. Okay. Have you ever found that your your albums and your shows sync up at all? <laughs> you mean am I saying the same thing at the same time? Well, or maybe it's like show? one is commentary on the other or anything like that. Oh yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you one way they do line up is um sometimes I'll be playing the album and it'll be one of those uh, one-sided phone conversations and I'll say something like, hello. And it turns out that on the TV show, I'm answering the phone at the same time. Wow. That's freaky. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't really mind listening to myself. Uh, if I'm, if I think that I'm being funny, like in the thing that I'm listening to, then I don't mind listening to it. But if I'm like a little worried about it, if I think it might be not that great, then I have trouble actually listening to it. And then also the podcasts, I can't listen to again after I edit them because it just takes so long. It's like, no, thank you. I can't, <laughs> I can't do this again. <laughs> Yeah, luckily they didn't. They don't make me edit the librarians, so I can. Still watch that. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Dixieland jazz? <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Uh, I'm more. I'm into like uh, hair metal is kind of my thing. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, here's a fun fact. Do you want? Do you want to know something that not a lot of people know about Newhart, the TV show? Yes, I want to know anything like that. Okay, so after the Bob Newhart show ended, I had I had a little bit of time in between those shows, and I just got really into this hair metal scene in L.A., you know, kind of the right place at the right time to see all those amazing bands like, you know, Motley Crue and all of those bands. And uh, so when I was getting ready to do another show, I said, for, for this show, I want to be in a hair metal band, and that'll kind of be my that'll be the premise of it is I'm the singer of this hair metal band <laughs> and um, the the network did not like that idea and they had a they had a couple of reasons that they said one was that I don't really have any hair so it would be hard for me to be in this hair metal band and I said that's that's fair enough um, and they said how about you run this in this in in Vermont they didn't actually tell me Vermont at the time otherwise maybe I would have said no and they said how about all your favorite hair metal bands kind of stop by on their way on tour and I said okay that sounds like a way that I can get all my favorite bands on my show and um, I don't know if you've seen Newhart but we did not get any glam metal bands on the show ever and the producers kept saying yeah I kept going to them and saying you said we could get kicks on the show you said we could get wasp on the show and they would say well it's not it's not on their tour itinerary vermont so it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to have them on and it was, oh, it was hard to argue you that. would have said no if it, you knew it was in vermont 
yeah, I would have said, no, 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 it's got to be in L.A. or something like that. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do an inn in L.A. and all those kooky townies who live here. Yeah, but then if you think about it, like Vermont was one of the big characters in New Heart. So it wouldn't have been the same show. No, it would have been a better show. Oh, true. My bad. <laughs> so D- Dixieland Jazz is no, I don't I don't care for that. Oh. So you are not a big uh Oh, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> Why did I ask that question in the first place? Woody Woody Allen. Oh, Woody Allen, that's right. Like I, I had him in my mind, but I couldn't <laughs> his face, but <laughs> No, Woody Allen and I are kind of uh we're we're we kind of have opposite personalities. That's we true. Know. We don't have a lot in common. Okay. So that takes us to the end of my dumb questions. And uh actually what a thing we did last week was we just kind of talked about our sincere opinions about the podcast and I thought that was kind of cool. So maybe we'll do that again this week and see uh, if it's good again. I don't know. Uh, okay. It's maybe a little mean of me to just toss that on you without uh, having warned you ahead of time, but oh, I would love to talk about this podcast. Yeah. So are, are you a big Julie Klausner fan? I am I am a huge Julie Klausner fan. I think that she's very very funny. Um, I I think that there aren't a lot of people who I could listen to, kind of monologue for like an hour. Sometimes she goes, but I think she's so funny that I can listen to her. Did Did you enjoy that? Are you a Julie Klausner fan? I am a Julie Klausner fan. I think she's really funny. Uh, I didn't love the monologue. Uh, portion of the show uh i i thought it was good definitely and there was definitely some really funny stuff in there but i got a little antsy during that portion of the show i'm sorry bob i know it's uh, one of your favorites well it's okay i mean you already trashed the librarians so I'm not really- <laughs> so i mean my my like the things that i'm into is already pretty suspect my opinion on things exactly I don't really trust your taste in media overall, I would say. Um, yeah, I, w- I mean, the, the this episode was really long. This episode was like two hours long. <laughs> True. Um, I don't think... I, I would have liked it more if it were split into two different episodes and, and each one had, had maybe a slightly shorter monologue and then one of those interviews. I was going to say, what did you think about her conversation with Thomas Middleditch about um, copywriting improvised Shakespeare? Yeah, that was, I don't know. That seemed a little weird to me. Like, um, It got a little tense between them. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I agree with Thomas necessarily, because uh, the thing is, uh, he does this show called Improvised Shakespeare where uh, he and his, his group of improvisers, uh, they, they come up with an improvised Shakespeare play and uh, they, they do it. I think they do it in like the iambic pentameter and stuff uh, or they try to. They try to just keep it as close to a real Shakespeare play as possible and they follow the same kind of plot points and stuff. But then um, 
he said that he has sent letters uh, asking people to cease and desist for doing the same kind of thing yes. other places because uh, he says, you know, we're, we built this thing up. Uh, we, we invented it basically. And uh, if other people are out there doing a shitty job, then it, it makes, it reflects poorly on us, uh, which is kind of true. I, I definitely see that, but then yeah, I, I, can, don't know. I can see where he's coming from on that, but at the same, like Shakespeare is in the public domain and improv is sort of its own form at this point. It's, it's hard for me to say nobody else should be able to, to put those two things together. Right, exactly. That's a good point. Like, you know, th- these are both things. Like, if, if somebody was doing one of the things, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm clarifying anything with what I'm saying. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think you nailed it there. And he sounded, he did sound very um, defensive to me when he was talking about it. Like, clearly... I, I think I think that definitely multiple people have probably said to him like how can you how can you copyright this and he's had to defend that before I think yeah um, but it was it was interesting to me to listen to that because I've heard him on podcasts before and I've I've seen him in things before but I had I had never heard him get a little bit more serious I guess yeah that's true. And he's a super funny guy, but it was kind of cool, you know, getting into more his acting and stuff like that on uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her conversation with Chris Spooner uh, about this Cannibal Cop documentary. Is she super into like uh, serial killers and stuff or did she just connect to this story? She's pretty into serial killers. I mean, let's to be clear, the cannibal cop did not murder anybody. And I only know this because of listening to her podcast. He just like fantasized about killing and eating women, I guess. Um, but yeah, she's she's pretty into that. Um, she she talks about she reads a lot of books about serial killers. Uh, and I don't know. I think I I'm I'm into it that she's into that. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of fun sometimes to listen to somebody talk about something that they're super into, something they know a lot about, even if you don't really care about the subject necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that Julie Klasner on How Is Your Week, for, for several episodes in a row in her monologue, she talked a lot about um, Jessica Seinfeld. Is that Jerry Seinfeld's wife? Jessica Seinfeld's Instagram account. Oh, boy. <laughs> started like by with a brief mention of it and then just started talking more and more about it and i thought it was really interesting to hear her talk about something that i would never care about (laughs) and i think that's something i miss out on just listening to one episode is uh it seems like a show where you really get to know julie a whole lot like like she gets on and she talks about what's been going on in her week what she's been thinking about in her week and uh, the things that have caught her interest and stuff. So if, if you listen to every episode, you would really, you know, you would know Julie Klausner, basically. Yeah, that's totally true. I would agree with that. We're going to get to the... Re- we all know podcasts are the best, so let's rate this show from 1 to 10. But don't go too low when you rate, my friend, because then one
reviews unless there was anything else you wanted to say about the podcast before we did that. No, I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah. So on Podcasts are Wonderful, we rate podcasts on a 1 to 10 rating scale, where 1 is the worst and 10 is the best. But, hey, Julie Klausner worked her damn ass off making this podcast. Uh, she had some misgivings about doing podcasts at points in this podcast, and she <laughs> yeah, went ahead I, and did it. Oh, go ahead. I, li- I was just going to say, I like that she talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. I about that. Yeah. I mean, I, on the other hand, have always loved doing every episode and I love making that deadline every week. It's great. But, you know, it's nice that sometimes people let you know if they don't necessarily feel that way. But she did it. And that is very good. So we stick to the eights, nines and tens on podcasts are wonderful. Uh, Rating a podcast lower than an eight is like uh fantasizing about murdering someone and eating their flesh. It's just not something you do. And if you do, then you'll, you'll be arrested by the police and they'll make a documentary about you. Well, they might not even do that because uh, I think you would be lower than scum if you rated a podcast lower than eight. So Bob, what would you worse than a cannibal cop? Yeah. Way worse than a cannibal cop. That's the kind of thought crimes that, that should never happen, in my opinion. <laughs> so, Bob Newhart, what would you give How Was Your Week, episode 200, featuring Chris Spooner, Thomas Middleditch, and Julie Klausner? I would give this episode a 9.7, and I'm only knocking off that fraction of a point because it, it was a little long, and I would prefer it split into two episodes. But I really enjoyed it, the whole thing. Tough but fair. <laughs> uh, well, much like my uh, interest in the librarians and uh, questionable opinions and podcasts and <laughs> uh, media, I'm going to have to give this episode an eight and a half. But I think if if I had if I had been there since the beginning and stuff like that. You know, I would have that connection with Julie and it, it kind of seems like she jumps from question to question really, really fast. And uh, yeah. I, I would like to uh, maybe stick on some of these, explore it a little further on some of these things. But yeah, I guess that's fair. That's something that I, that I like about her. But oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm wrong again. I mean, like I said, I once you diss the librarian, I kind of stop valuing your opinion. <laughs> okay, so that was Podcasts are Wonderful this week. Thank you so much for being on the show, Bob. It was an honor to have such a legend of uh, stand-up and television on the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like I said, I'm a fan, so it was a it was an honor for me. Yeah, and uh, if if you speak to Don Rickles before I do, go ahead and let him know. He's welcome on the show anytime, and I would prefer if he did not call me a hockey puck, but if he has to, he has to. I think if you're going to have him on, you can't you can't tell him not to call you a hockey puck. You just kind of have to accept that that's going to happen. That's true. Like, if, if I tried to censor him, then he wouldn't come on. So I got to, okay, do whatever you do your worst, Don. Don.